how can you not be romantic about baseball? Bringing a high drive to left. This baby's way back. It is out of here. I don't believe what I just saw. Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that hit a bird, and it bounces back into fair territory. Oh, I got I to gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk taste this chicken. Our ass is in the jackpot now. You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. A baseball first podcast. Sort of. Featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money. That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one in hand. Today's secret ingredient is... I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Welcome into another edition of Booze and Baseball. This is episode number 14, take two. We had originally episode 14 last week, and the file got corrupted just to kind of peel the curtain back, so to speak. So we're redoing it. Um, For us, this will be our second time through it, so maybe that'll make it better. And uh, we're going to be doing on this week our under-the-radar kind of uh, diamond-in-the-rough fantasy baseball draft episode. And... Because of that, you know, craft beer, that can be a good example. There's a lot of different options you can go with. It can be kind of more diamond in the rough uh, type of things because you might not have heard of of certain types because there's so many types of craft beer. Uh, So we're going to title it our diamond in the rough craft beer fantasy baseball episode. And, uh, you know, of course, everybody knows the top of the guys at the draft. You might be getting ready for your fantasy draft. Everybody knows your Christian Yelich's and Mike Trout's. What about some of those more diamond in the rough players kind of like that craft beer where you might've heard of some of it. You might not have some of it might depend on you knowing about it locally, but for the most part, it can be really good, especially if you find the right craft beer or the right player to fit what you like or what you need for your team. So we're going to actually go through, we had our fantasy league did their draft, which ours is a little bit of kind of like a dynasty keeper um, where we keep 23 of 30 players each year And then every year we have a small seven round draft. And typically uh, that is mostly made up of the international players. And we're not allowed to pick up players from the incoming rookie class until that upcoming draft, which um, tends to lead to a majority of the draft being those guys. But this year we kind of held last year's league on hold because of the shortened season. We didn't want to leverage a shorter year into our dynasty league for the long haul. So we just put it on pause. So this year we had an even better seven round draft because of guys who were unable to be picked up over the course of the regular season. Um, So we're going to go through this round by round one through seven. And with the intent of maybe you learn about some names or maybe you learn some more about some names you already know that would make you more interested in them in possibly being those diamonds in the rough. And my only other uh, request is when we're going through the players whether it relates to the player, whether you have an example of why you think it it kind of goes with the player or you just want to name a good craft beer, you have to name one craft beer for every player you like in each round. That's a deal. I, uh, you know, Derek, I think uh, both of us have kind of seen enough of this country that, you know, we've got some regional choices. We've got some choices of uh, obviously where we live as well, but um, kind of 
kind of pairing that as well, kind of going off what Derek said. Um, yes, with our draft, it's a little bit different because we had uh, 20 keepers and then also three NAs, as we call them, so three prospects uh, that are captain. So obviously the draft board, not nearly as deep, but as he mentioned, this year it's a little bit deeper because we had that full gap year. Um, so obviously players like uh, what you're going to be hearing here in this first round uh, they were available because of the gap year. But normally, you don't hear some of these big names unless there's one huge breakout, of course, at the very end that wasn't picked up. Uh, it's very rare that that happens in our league. And uh, normally, I'll swoop on them if, uh, if that's the case. But before we start with our uh, craft beers, I think Derek and I have to kind of give our drinks for this week. And uh, I'll kick it off here. So in our re-recording... Um, my beer sucks, uh, and uh, I'll explain why. My first one, the one that I actually had, because we recorded this during the week of St. Patrick's Day, uh, I was moving out to San Luis Obispo, so I work in KSBY now in San Luis Obispo, and so I had to naturally go with the, the gift of the gods, the nectar of the gods, which was Guinness. I ran out of Guinness, and uh, this was the worst week to run out of Guinness, man, I tell you what, because uh, I, uh, all I have left in the fridge, I was planning to get something new for this broadcast, but uh, then some... Uh, some unwavering situation came my way, something I did not expect. My, uh, my good old Twitter account got hacked. And so uh, there's nothing really you could do more. There's no lower point. So I have to stick with a course. Um, there's, really, there's really nothing that makes me feel any lower right now than not being able to access my own account. The, uh, the hacker stole my account. They changed my email address. And then they started messaging like every single verified account that follows me. So if you are following me and you got a message saying, hey, click on this, do yourself a favor and don't click on it because that's only going to end up in a world of hurt. So unfortunately, I'm going to be sitting here drinking my uh, good old Coors, Coors Light and uh, kind of wiping in my tears as well, resting my tears from uh, this, this ridiculous week. Well, the mountains are mighty blue on that chorus, so I do appreciate that. I actually have the same beer that I drank in the earlier recording that we did of this, so I just have a new one that I'll be able to crack. And uh, it's a really good beer. It's called – it's from Toppling Goliath Brewery, which if you go and look at, like – there's this one site. I always forget the name of it, but they rank all the beers in the world. This place has a ton of the, like, top 100. I think they have, like, three in the top 15. They have the number one rated beer in the world. This is not that. That one beer costs like, I mean, it's like buying expensive scotch once you get to the best beers in the world. Like you might have to pay $200 for a beer or something like that, which is crazy. But this one's in the top 100. It's not that number one, but it's still awesome. Um, it's called the Pseudo Sioux. It is a pale ale from Toppling Goliath. Uh, it's a single hop pale ale. Uh, it kind of has uh, aromas of citrus and mango. It's got a cool logo on it with like a T-Rex. Um, highly recommend anything from Toppling Goliath. So that's why I'm going to drink this. And I guess just to segue right into this, that'll be my first beer for my first player, which my favorite first round pick uh, in our draft was Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith, I guess, kind of like a T-Rex, like the logo on this, because he uh, is ferocious at the plate. He's awesome. He plays first in outfield, gives you some positional flexibility. Really good in 2020. He was good in 2019. Still just 26, had the top prospect pedigree. Those are all things I love. And then when you look at some of his analytical numbers, expected on base, expected batting average, expected slugging, barrel rate, all in the 86th percentile or higher. You know, maybe like the T-Rex arms sometimes come a little short in the field, but I don't have to worry about that. It's fantasy baseball. So Dominic Smith and the uh, Toppling Goliath beer I'm drinking, Pseudo Soup. 
Uh, a man that's honestly an animal like a T-Rex, uh, obviously, I'm going to go a different avenue beer-wise, uh, but uh, the man that kind of reminds me of a T-Rex a little bit is uh, maybe a little faster than one, but it's Randy Rosarena. He was in our first round. Uh, kind of one of those sneakier picks, obviously, because of the fact that this was uh, no redraft from last year. Uh, so, therefore, he kind of slipped through the cracks. He obviously took off towards the end of the regular season in 2020. So, even then, in some leagues – I'm fairly certain a lot of people did not own him, and that's until, of course, he had his great postseason run. But expect, based off the projections, his OPS over 600, or his slugging, I should say, over 600, um, to be able to have both the option for power and speed, uh, Rosa Reina really has that. So I decided to go the opposite, though, because Rosa is a handsome gentleman. He's pretty quick as well. Uh, but you know what's really not necessarily is an ugly pug. Uh, but I got to go with the ugly pug beer from Roaring Sons. It's definitely one of my favorites. Um, it's a black lager. And uh, honestly, it's one that you kind of call for me at night. Uh, once I have that, I'm, I'm about to go to bed. Uh, it'll usually be, you know, back at the college days, maybe 2 a.m. Now we're talking 11 p.m. And, uh, you know, the, the black lager kind of gets you to that point. Um, I'm a big dark beer guy. So obviously black lager kind of kind of go in that direction for me. But if you get the chance to go to Fort Worth, Texas, the Roaring Sons Brewery has a lot of great craft beers. My favorite's the Ugly Pug Black Lager. By the way, I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but this will be a perfect time to segue into it. Don't forget Man Cave merch, because uh, my coaster as I was picking up my beer fell down. I don't know if it was heard by everybody, but yeah, check out <laughs> Man Cave merch. They got awesome stuff. Uh, so for the second round, I'm going to go with Pablo Lopez. You know I love my Marlins pitchers. There's five quality pitches, maybe as best as his changeup. He got a 33% whiff rate. And then he's got good fastball velocity, too. The average around 94. He kind of suppresses hard contact. And he's young. He's 24 years old. He had a 3.6 ERA. Uh, FIP was even better than that, over a 9K per 9. I, I think the one thing working against Pablo Lopez, just the idea that, you know, his name almost sounds like it was, like, computer-generated and, like, <laughs> backyard baseball or MLB The Show or something – and he's also on a small market team in Miami that kind of takes some shine away from you. But I love all the Marlins starters. I love mostly Pablo Lopez. Yeah, I don't necessarily think he's a star by any means, but like if you have Pablo Lopez as your, say, fourth best pitcher in like a 10 or 12 team league, I think you feel good about that. Yeah, I'd be feeling pretty good about that, especially if Pablo Sanchez was playing shortstop <laughs> behind him. Uh, by the way, my on, beer. Uh, okay, your beer. We need your beer. My beer for this is going to be the Big Peach from Lawrence Beer Company. Um, here in Lawrence, where I live, they've got awesome stuff. My favorite is the Big Peach. It is delicious. It's wonderful, just like Pablo Lopez. And also, like Pablo Lopez, it's a bit underrated. Like, you might think, oh, it's a beer that tastes a little peachy. Uh, this is like low alcohol content. No, boom, it's 10% alcohol content. That's like Pablo Lopez. You go, oh, he's, he's pretty good. But then you wind up with him on your team, and you're like, he's awesome. Wow. That, that, your obsession with the Marlins. I, I don't know what to say about it. I, I respect it. Uh, Derek has a massive crush on every single Marlins starting pitcher, and he willingly admits that. For me, I'm the same way with the Seattle Mariners prospects. And uh, one guy that came up last year that I really loved, and I picked him up within the first week of him starting to produce. Uh, and then now, of course, everybody's jumping on this train and stole him away from me in my fantasy league. And that's Dylan Moore. Uh, I like his versatility. Uh, he plays so many different positions. He's essentially your super utility that you would draft to have play, you know, any position that one of your guys is, you know, out sitting out that day. He could also be a great starter for you. I really like to chase the guys that 
can get you 20, 20, even 25, 25. I think that Dylan Moore can get that done. Uh, while the power may not a hundred percent be there compared to, you know, other sluggers out there in fantasy baseball, you know, giving me 25 home runs and 25 steals. I think that's pretty realistic. And I, I would like that from him and to give me the position versatility. I think that's the most important thing. I, I kind of have a comp to him. I would say of Chris Taylor, maybe a little better than Chris Taylor, but when Chris Taylor had his huge year in 2017, that's kind of what I'm looking for in, in Dylan Moore to say the least, but Dylan Moore's a firecracker, man. He's a, he's a guy that really explodes. And so he reminds me of a, I hear firecracker. I, it's a firestone beer for me from firestone Walker, 805 beer. As I mentioned, I moved to California. Uh, and so this is our regional beer out here. I've tried it. I like it. It's pretty solid. It's a little lighter on the lighter side. Uh, Dylan Moore, unfortunately, gets a little bit of a heavier weather out there up in Seattle. But um, I, I think that this is a, a beer that, you know, it, it's easy to sip on. Uh, I would definitely prefer that over what I'm drinking right now. Okay, so for round three, I'm going to start out with my beer this time. I actually found that list. It's called Beer Advocate, and that's where you can find all your different beer ratings. It ranks the top 250 beers in the entire world. So just to get on that list is pretty crazy. This Pseudo Sue, it's ranked 111th in the world, but that Toppling Goliath, like I said, they have 10 beers in the top 250. They have the number one, the number seven, the number 10, the 16th, 46th best beer. I mean, they're loaded. So I'm going to actually go with their number one beer in honor of drinking from that Toppling Goliath brewery. It is called the Kentucky Brunch Brand. And stout. It is a 12% beer, Dusty. And on retail, just a quick Google search, this beer, a 12 ounce of it, goes for $1,200. Holy smokes, man. What, what human being is pay, Oh my gosh. Who's paying 1200 bucks for a beer, man? I got this Coors Light for a buck. <laughs> just think of how many Coors Lights you could drink. This, oh I mean, that's what, $100 an ounce? So I don't know, maybe one day I hit the lottery or before I die, it's just like, okay, well, I'll buy it at that point. But unless that happens, I'm probably never going to get to try it. Um, <laughs> so for the player I'm going to go with here is going to be Jesse Winker. I, I could have gone with those other Marlins pitchers. Sandy Alcantara and Elisa Hernandez went in this round for us. But I really like Winker. Uh, his biggest issues are his defense. That's like uh, this beer. The biggest issue of this beer, the Kentucky Brunch brand stout, is the cost. But if you set that aside, I mean, Winker might legitimately be the best hitter on the Reds. At the very least, he's in the convo. He's been in 303 games for his career. In those games, he's hitting 280 with a 380 on base. He's also averaging an extra base hit every 10 at-bats, which means let's say he got hypothetically 500 at-bats this year you know, that'd be on pace for like 25 doubles, 25 home runs with that really good average in OBP. And I mean, the advanced stats love him too. He's 88th percentile or better in exit velocity, hard hit rate, expected on base, expected slugging, barrel rate, and walk percentage. Jesse Winker, sleeper of the third round. Wow. Sleeper of the third round. Okay. Yeah. And, and just for those of you that are listening at home to clarify, this is when we start to kind of get a little bit into those prospects that are picked. Um, so maybe not nearly as much major league talent to be shown in the third rounds uh, and on too, because this is when obviously people are starting to kind of build the depth of their roster. But uh, a pick that I like, and this is the first pick that I actually took in the draft myself, uh, and that's Trevor Rosenthal, the closer for the Oakland Athletics. 
Rosenthal had a little bit of a setback. He's been day-to-day, but it sounds like he's going to be okay heading into opening day as well. Uh, Rosenthal ultimately, though, still shockingly, Derek, really young. I think that when you look at the name, it sounds like he's been in the league for a while. He kind of seemed like he slipped away from the league as well. Obviously had a bit of a fallout, didn't play in 2018. Uh, That was after shockingly a a season in which he had a 340 ERA, uh, but came back in 2019 and had an ERA of 1350. Uh, but then he quickly turned it around. In 2020, a 1-9 ERA. 1-9. Okay, question. You said he's oh, younger than I thought. I actually have zero clue how old he is, and I actually thought he'd be in his mid-30s. So um, I want to play a game. How old is Trevor Rosenthal? I'm going to go with 34. Okay. Uh, you're incorrect. You lost the mm. game. <laughs> how is- off was I? Do you, do you take a shot for every I'll take, year I'll- that you're on? No, I will take a, a drink of my wonderful beer for every okay. year. Because I was going to say, if you took a shot, you'd have a real rough rest of the podcast here. Uh, Rosenthal right now, he's 30 years old going into his age 31 season. Four um, drinks for me. Yeah, sounds like four drinks, man. Yeah, Rosenthal, successful season, obviously, last year with both Kansas City and then making his way over to San Diego as well. Um, but what I like the most is just simply to watch his caper nine shoot through the roof. He struck out 14.3 hitters per game in 2017, and then that fell off drastically in 2019. Uh, He struck out only 10 per nine innings. Uh, But looking at last year, 14.5 Ks per nine, that's the most he's had in his career, Derek. Uh, And I think that he's going to continue to try and, you know, keep that trend going moving forward. On top of that, earned runs he allowed. He only allowed a five total earned runs this entire go-round, 23 and two-thirds innings pitched. Uh, didn't really have much of a chance in the postseason, but in fantasy baseball, does that really matter? And what I like the most is that who does he take over for? How about the man that's considered the best closer in baseball now, Liam Hendricks? And how does that happen? Well, they have to get opportunities. And so the Oakland Athletics, poor Oakland A's, they don't ever put up more than it seems like four to five runs a game. And so what's going to happen when they had that four to three, five to four lead? They're going to bring in their closer in the ninth inning. He's pretty consistent to me, pretty smooth on the hill. And for me, that's an amber ale from the Alaskan Brewing Company. I know a lot of people are at least familiar with the Alaskan Brewing Company, uh, but this is my personal favorite, the amber ale. Uh, and uh, Rosenthal, to me, is just smooth on the mound, man. It uh, flows nicely, gets through innings pretty clean, uh, especially from last season. Okay, I like that. Um, I was originally, for this next pick, going to go with Dogfish Head, specifically the 75-minute IPA, which is really good. I'm going to switch it up because I want to put an amber ale on there as well. Amber ales are my favorite. And the fact that you said that, I want to get this one on. It's called the Boont Amber Ale. I had a few of those this past weekend. Um, It is made in Anderson Valley. That's a California uh, brewery. So you'll be able to check that out. It's called Boont. B-O-O-N-T. Sounds funny to say. Delicious to taste. That'll be my beer for Tyler Molly, who uh, had a 3.59 ERA last year, over an 11 K per nine. And he had a pitch change in 2020 that helped him kind of have that success. That's, that's something you have to find when you see guys who had a good year. Is it just a one-off or did they do something to change it? Is it that they're young and they're progressing? For Molly, it's both. He's a young guy, so you expect him to get better the more he pitches. And also, he did have that pitch change that would lead to tangible change so you don't just think it is a one-off or a fluke of a season. Um, he went from throwing a cutter in 2019 that he only used like 7% of the time 
which by the way, hitters hit 406 against it. So it wasn't very good. And then in 2020, he changed that into a slider and it went from a pitch that he didn't really use that didn't work to one that he used 32% of the time and opponents hit 180 against it. So Tyler Molly with the pitch change, the fact that he is young, the fact that he gets a lot of strikeouts, I wouldn't be surprised if we look up at the end of the year and say, you know, it, it sucks for them. They lost Trevor Bauer, but they still had one of the best one-two punches in the MLB with Castillo and Molly. Yeah, I could definitely see that. And he is, uh, he's one of those pieces that's no longer underrated. I had a share of him a couple of years ago and he's had flashes of brilliance, but I think last year he really put a pretty consi- consistent season together, if you will. Uh, one man that has no consistency yet because he really hasn't had much of an opportunity but I do think that he's going to make a pretty huge impact. In the fourth round, the pick that I liked was Garrett Crochet. He's the reliever for the Chicago White Sox. Um, with Eloy Jimenez, his injury, uh, really devastating for the White Sox. Maybe the offensive production will go down a hair, and that means that there will be slightly closer games at this point. Well, now Crochet has even more of an opportunity for more setup and possible closing roles. Uh, you assume Liam Hendricks will take over that closer role because that's, that's what he was paid for. But in the events that Hendricks suffers an injury, and Hendricks, I believe, is 32 years old, so it's not out of the question that something like that could happen. Well, the best man in line is probably Crochet. Alex Colomay made his way over to the Twins. Um, obviously, now the White Sox bullpen a little bit weaker because of that. But Crochet, a booming talent coming up. He gained 15 pounds in the offseason. It's changed his delivery just a little bit. It's still a work in progress, but – this guy throws absolute gas, Derek. has about 100 miles per hour on the gun easily. Uh, just easily locates his pitches. Lefty gas. There's nothing that you could beat than that. He kind of looks like a, a miniature Billy Wagner, if you will. And so um, I'm interested to see what happens with Crochet. While there's not a lot of numbers that really back him up at this time, I think it's just simply the idea that it's a low-risk, high-reward kind of pick. Um, and so I'm excited to see what can happen with him. But there's a lot of firepower that can come out of that arm. Uh, he is blonde. Uh, I might add to that. I, I believe he's blonde, at least. I, from the pictures that I've seen, I might have to take another look at that to, uh, to confirm that he is blonde. It looks like he is. Uh, but either way, uh, Dallas Blonde is uh, going to be my beer. Um, and the reason why is because Dallas Blonde, anytime you get to go to Deep Ellum, they've got a lot of great beers out there, and uh, especially in downtown. The Deep Ellum Brewing Company really does it the right way. Dallas Blonde is probably one of my absolute favorites. Uh, if you ever get the chance to go to Dallas, hit up the Deep Ellum Brewing Company because they've got a lot of good stuff to work with there. Speaking of a local place that uh, one of us has lived at before, it's where I currently live. I'm going to go with the Free State Brewery Oatmeal Stout for round five. Um, if you like uh, more of stouts or darker beers, it's kind of, I don't know, milky makes it sound gross, but it's it's not. It's just rich in flavor, I guess would be the way of putting it. And that's what I'm going to say about Jared Walsh. He is rich in flavor. He could be a big power hitter this year for the Angels. He actually is kind of a two-way player. I don't think they're planning on using him as a pitcher as well, but who knows, maybe in a blowout, he comes in and in a league where maybe it's points where you get uh, extra points if he comes in and pitches, that's even better for you. But in limited bats last year, he had a 971 OPS. And this isn't a guy who just kind of figured it out and just had a breakout for a couple games. Like in the minors, he had a 301 average with a 375 on base and a 913 slugging for his minors career. So Jared Walsh, I could uh, kind of see him breaking out and help take the Angels to uh, being one of the better teams in that division. Yeah, I think Jared Walsh is probably my favorite pick uh, within that as well. Um I would say the second best pick, though, in this particular round. And I was a little surprised that 
both of them slipped this far. Uh, Alex Colomay, I just mentioned him previously, leaving the White Sox. While his role is not necessarily set in stone, I'd like to think that he's probably the favorite right now to be the closer for the Twins. He's had a pretty solid spring. Uh, on top of that, how about coming off a huge year in 2020? You talk about ERAs being low. How about .81? That's exactly what he pulled off. Uh, total earned runs allowed was two, which is absolutely insane. The only problem with Colomade is he doesn't really strike out a lot of hitters. So if you're in a K-9 league like Derek and I are, maybe his value drops off just a hair. His K-9 was 6.4, which is actually shockingly a drastic drop-off from the year before. 2019, he had an 8.1 K-9. So that's a little bit concerning to me just because uh, you wonder, was he missing that many bats or was he just locating, hitting his spots? Uh, it's hard to say the numbers don't always tell the whole story, but they tell a lot of it. Um, and so I'm curious to see with Colome heading into his age 32 season, uh, new uniform and everything, uh, how that's going to change, especially considering the team that he's going to see a lot, probably the team the most will be these white Sox. And so, um, there's a lot of familiarity there and, uh, but I like what Colome offers in the fifth round simply because the twins are still going to be winning ball games and, uh, that offense has kind of fallen off a little bit with Eddie Rosario taking off to the Indians. A lot of movement, Derek, by the way, with just AL Central players going to stay in the AL Central with other teams. Yeah, they and, just like pitching in the division. And uh, yeah. wherever you can get paid, go do it. And what I look at when I see Alex Colome, Derek, is uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, he's, he's not the smallest man in the world, right? And so, uh, But he's good. And so how about a beer that just sounds like Alex Colome? That would be... The new Belgium fat tire. Oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not making any assertions right now. I'm just saying, uh, it just seems like the right beer to favor Colme. I love fat tire though. I think that they got a great brand going there, and their amber ale is, uh, as you can tell, there's a trend between Derek and I that we're big fans of the amber ale and uh, love fat tire. Okay, round six. I feel like I should just go with it's called Sixth Glass. It's from Boulevard Brewery in Kansas City. They've got a lot of great beers. Sixth Glass is my favorite. It might be my favorite beer, period. I don't know. At the very least, it's in the conversation. Um, you can't have a ton of them. They're super high alcoholic. Uh, it's like 10%, but it's not one of those beers that's super alcoholic and it's like this tastes like I'm drinking whiskey. It tastes fantastic and it just happens to be 10%. Um, and the best pick I liked in the round was Taiwan Walker. He was kind of your guy with the former top prospect pedigree, which I don't know, maybe that doesn't matter. Maybe it does. It just seems like a lot more often if you have success after you had the top prospect pedigree, you can trust it more because you know that the skills were there to begin with. Um, but a guy who over the course of his career, kind of low key three ADRA and a nine K per nine, I, I didn't realize he had been that good. And, what he did with Toronto after he got traded at the deadline was phenomenal. Six starts, 1.37 ERA. He introduced a slider last season and had a 151 average against. So I think he'll uh, kind of further with that pitch this year. And I really like Taiwan Walker, especially at that point in the draft, if you can get him kind of a good diamond in the rough uh, and perfect for sixth class. Yeah, I like that pick a lot, actually. That's probably one of my tops as well there, too. Derek's stealing all my picks right there. Uh, <laughs> That's why I go I first. Like, I, I like Taiwan. I like the sixth pick. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction here. We're going to go to a lefty hitter. Uh, but kind of similar trajectory is what Derek was explaining with Taiwan Walker and maybe a little bit earlier in uh, the you know career, therefore. 
we're going to talk about Nate Lowe. Just coming over from the Tampa Bay Rays, clean slate, didn't really have a great opportunity over in Tampa Bay. What player truly does, I don't know, because of this platoon thing. How are you expected to hit well? It's beyond me. And then this team makes it to the World Series. So the, the Rays have got some system that just baffles me. And, you know, every single time it just, you know, it, it proves me wrong. But I do think that Nate Lowe is going to have a nice clean slate to work with. And so uh, to go with the beard that I have here, which is I'm going to Texas, right? I'm going with some blood and honey revolver ale. Uh, this one's truly one of the uh, darker beers that Revolver has. It's in Texas. And uh, one of my favorites, actually, that I like to go for. Well, Nate Lowe is out for blood, man. Uh, he's ready to prove that he has an opportunity that's right in front of him. Uh, Ronald Guzman did absolutely nothing as the starting first baseman for the Texas Rangers. So Nate Lowe has this all to himself. It's his to lose. Now, granted, his spring training numbers, maybe not exactly where you want. But Nate Lowe's only 25 years old, folks. Uh, and keep in mind that this is one one former top prospect. One of the many lows or lows, by the way, that was produced by the Rays. I don't really understand what the system is, uh, but clearly they love to dro- just draft a bunch of lows and lows. I, I think that he's going to have a lot of highs, though, in his career. Um, and I think it all starts in Texas. I, I, I do believe that. I know the ballpark is not necessarily the most favorable, um, but I do think that uh, just power numbers-wise, he has shown in the past that he can do this. Uh, in limited plate appearances as well. Uh, He's only had two years of experience in the MLB. uh, And his first year was pretty solid. And then the limited at-bats, the second year just didn't really prove anything. But in his age 23 season, hit seven home runs, hit 263. uh, That was in 152 at-bats. So imagine giving him those kind of at-bats, you know, uh, four times the amount. I mean, you're talking about a pretty reasonable season of 28 yaks. So uh, I think that we could see somewhere around 24, 25 with him. Um, but I think this guy's the limit for a guy that actually has a role carved out for him. So I kind of view there's like four first basemen and it's two and two competing for a spot that I view as like, and one of them is um, in Texas with Ronald Guzman and Nate Lowe. And the other is with Greg Bird against uh, CJ Crone for the Rockies, where it's like both these guys aren't going to play enough. But if one of them becomes the full-time starter, or at least near the full-time starter, and gets enough at-bats, uh, like I, I could see any of them having a lot of fantasy value because they're not going to give you a ton of average probably. But any of those four guys, if they get the enough at-bats, could get you 30, 35 home runs in a given season. I mean, Ronald Guzman is raking in spring training. He's got like a 405 OBP. Um if he loses the job out to Nate Lowe, then Nate Lowe could be a guy who, who knows, maybe it's like an Adam Dunn type season where he gets you 40 home runs and hits 220 on a team that doesn't have a ton of depth elsewhere. So I like kind of taking shots on, on any of those four guys and hoping they become the starter. And worst case, it's one of those guys you pick late in a draft. Worst case, you cut ties with them and pick somebody else up. Um, for my seventh round pick, I could go with Tank 7, which is another Boulevard beer. It would make sense. I'm going to go Spotted Cow, though. Another one of my favorite beers, it is just a light beer that you can only get in Wisconsin. If they find you selling it outside of the state of Wisconsin, it happens to you is basically what should have happened to Trevor Bauer. Somebody gets to shoot you in the nuts with the paintball gun. And my favorite pick that round was Marcus Stroman, who in our league specifically, he's a little devalued because we have more categories and uh, strikeouts are, are pivotal in our league. But if you're like in a classic five by five league, He's going to go a lot higher. He suppresses high contact, doesn't give up home runs, good command. And what that leads to, pitches a lot of innings, good ERA, good quality starts, and some wins as well because he's on a good team. 
Yeah, I like that pick a lot. I think for uh, for leagues like us, where K per nine is not nearly as high, maybe drops a little bit of value. But ultimately, uh, yeah, solid pick, especially in the seventh round. Uh, at this point in time, these are players uh, that you're almost saying in your head, if I have to drop them, it's not a big deal um, because I got them at such low value. Uh, a pick that I was a little shocked by, this was the other one that I actually made myself outside of Rosenthal. Um, I was a little surprised that Jordan Hicks dropped all the way to the seventh round. And I know that his injury history obviously shows that maybe he's not reliable in that aspect, but you know, at the seventh round, you got to take a bit of a chance in my opinion. And so uh, taking a chance on Jordan Hicks, not too difficult when you have a guy that can pump one Oh three. Hopefully he could put hitters away. If you saw that 22 pitch at bat uh, with the Mets hitter uh, gear may, uh, that was one of the craziest things that I've ever seen. Uh, so hopefully Hicks can actually put hitters away, uh, but he's got, uh, he's a power pitcher. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. I think in St. Louis with, uh, the consideration that Nolan Arenado is in the middle of that lineup. Now they're going to produce a little more runs. It seems like they're the clear favorite now in the NL central because of that move. Uh, and I think Hicks ultimately takes over that closer role, I, I think that in his age 24 season, by the way, age 24, he's still super young. This guy's going to produce plenty for me. And on top of that, you know, when you're closing, it's kind of similar to that ugly pug that I started out with here. I'm going to end the same way I started. Oklahoma City's Patriarch Milk Stout. How about a way to close it out? If you go to Oklahoma City, that is probably one of the best beers, maybe the best beer I've ever had, actually. Um, it goes right down easily. It's thick. It's a uh, you know, it's it's a beer it that I personally contradictory. You know, how? Well, you <laughs> said it goes down easily, but it's also very thick. That I, I don't think of like a milkshake going down easily. Hey, this one does, man. This one, this one's one of the cleaner beers that you'll have. It's kind of like a malt, uh, but you know, I personally I like to close up my nights with those darker beers, and so hopefully, just like this uh, patriarch milk stout uh, can go down easily, even though it's thicker than most uh jordan hicks jordan hicks can close it out close the door for you yep dusty likes those beers like he likes his uh pitchers thick like alex calling <laughs> moral of the story there well that's gonna do it for this episode it is closing time here don't forget to subscribe to us give us a five-star review sorry for the brief hiatus like i said last episode was uh corrupted with the audio file before that dusty was moving getting a new job so we've been busy but uh we got another episode coming at you Later this week, before the MLB season kicks off, we're going to have our season preview, our betting preview. We're going to go over who we think are going to win all the divisions, some of the awards, who's going to win the World Series, win total over-unders, all that good jazz. So uh, you can give us a follow on social media, at Booze and Baseball. You can reach out to our email, boozeandbaseball at gmail.com. If you have any questions, want to suggest some alcohol to review, have a mailbag for us. Thanks to Mixkit for the stock music. Thank you to Mad Cave Merch again for our coasters. Drink responsibly. Have a good one. For Dusty Baker, I'm Derek Johnson. Later. Have a good one.